Hello, welcome to Universal Soul Love. This is Detective David Love. And this is Dr. Lana Love. Welcome to our show. So I'm a mystic author. I've written several books. I've written um, books on self-help, philosophy, metaphysical, spirituality. Uh, Illusion of the Body was one of them. Another was First Truth. I'm also a career private investigator and a certified hypnotist. And I met my lovely partner, Lana, several years ago when I came to Australia and we started this radio show and organization, Universal Soul Love, and uh, very happy to be doing this with Lana. And My background is I'm Buddhist, very spiritual and uh, animal advocate. I um, am a, I work in the area of mental health. I'm a doctor. And uh, in this radio show, we cover all sorts of topics to do with spirituality, to do with the ascension of humanity, to do with... Um, letting the, the planet go more green, supporting the planet, stopping pollution. Um, Personal with, empowerment, exploring the hidden mysteries of the universe. Interaction of the feminine and the masculine and post-feminist era. It's, it's a, we cover a broad, broad territory, I think, here. So today we're going to be talking about uh, major spiritual experiences, major experiences in life that that, uh, that change us inside out virtually. Mm. And we have our good friend Jackie Boyd with us to help us discuss this topic. Welcome, Jackie. Hi. Jackie is a uh, an animal intuitive. Um, she's uh, she works with um, animals as well. She's a veterinary nurse. She's also a photographer and is just establishing uh, a photography business focusing on animals. And Jackie has a lot of experience in spiritual realms and mm. has been able to reach her higher self through various experiences that she's had. That's right. We, I met Jackie uh, several years ago when I first came to Australia, and you two actually had known each other and uh, got to know Jackie, and we started. Jackie once asked me, um, David, do you speak to your higher self? And I said, yes. And uh, I guess, and so we started, uh, you know, developing our relationship. We had a lot about, in common, yeah. having higher selves. Yeah, yeah, lots of higher selves roaming around out there in the multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> lots of channeling going on, as we know. But Jackie, you weren't always like this, were you? You, you weren't oh, really no, a spiritual was, person to start off. I was the complete opposite. I was an atheist who was very critical of others and I uh, just I thought it was all loony chains I thought that this kind of thing was about stupidity I thought crystals were for stupid people and completely closed off my mind completely that's what wow. I was wow and, and you you had a life-changing experience didn't you you had a I understand on the evening of an approximate 2,000-year eclipse cycle, that, that seems pretty significant, on the 22nd day of January 2000, you had a pretty catastrophic motor vehicle accident, described as one of the worst injuries that the surgeon had seen. Um, this happens to Alexandra as well. This is actually very happens common. happens to a lot of people, mm -hmm. doesn't it? They yeah. undergo a you know very traumatic experience and, in fact, it just uh, changes them the whole. Into, yeah, propels them into, well, Alexandra did this uh, with Galactic Connection. I met another medium that was phenomenal that started, she was in an accident and started hearing, uh, receiving spirit messages. And I've heard quite, of that. Yeah. So, so, Jackie, your injury was really bad. You lost your right foot completely, and I think you had a back injury as well, and you were in a coma. Uh-huh, and I died. Uh, they, the doctors said that every decade there's a really bad one, and that's what mine was. 
things because every oh week gosh. there's something bad. Every month there's something bad. There's a monthly and the weekly kind of things they see, but they see something once a decade. And mm. this foot loss or the amputation of my foot, that was my smallest injury. Everything wow. else was worse. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and so you were clinically dead and you were in a coma. Really? And, and I understand that you dedicated the, the next years of your life trying to figure out the reality we exist in. So what yeah. was that like? And what was it like being clinically dead? Oh, well, I, um, I was fighting through space and I've learned that what actually happened was not actual death. Apparently once you die, you don't come back. These near-death experiences are only near to death. They're not actual death. Um, but I, I would just woke up and I was floating through space. And I didn't know I was floating through space until I orbited Jupiter. Now, because that's oh, my birth really? planet, thing like that, yeah, uh, I got the shock. You know, I was like, oh, okay. You know, that's not what I said. I was much ruder. But, yeah. <laughs> um, asking God for help was the furthest thing from my mind. <clears throat> it's just like, here I am. Uh, so, anyway, apparently you you fly around your planet and come back again as a as a thing that happens. And I didn't look into it that very much because I had an answer. This is something that's known that happens, so I wasn't terrified of it. But before then I was terrified because I didn't know what happens after you die and I wanted to find out as best I could. Wow, so, what an experience. Yeah. And, I mean, I've had I've – had, I didn't – have a near-death experience physically but I had a spiritual death and it was I was on the other side so I, I can relate that way and it was very much like a death for me I was in this in-between life and I've talked about this on the show before so I'm not going to go over it again right now but it, it's just yeah. to say that these experiences are certainly life-changing and, and uh, doesn't always happen that way for everyone everyone you know receives these sort of often has these what we call spiritual awakenings or psychic awakenings and many different there's many different paths to the awakening but process certainly, certainly these events are, are often and you wonder common. whether this was somehow an intervention purposeful intervention to allow the spirit to ascend mm. um, i understand you've you've um, researched a lot about near-death experiences and the white light theory uh, what did you learn oh. regarding that People saying, oh, and I got hit by this car and I saw this bright white light and this, you know, tunnel I'm going through it. This fellow who was a psychiatrist in England had a motorbike accident and he saw the bright light. And then years later, after believing he had a near-death experience, he was in the dentist chair on ketamine and he had the same experience. And they did research and they found that the bright light is your brain's own natural chemical ketamine that's released naturally in the brain during trauma so you're not actually dying it's a hallucination that happens when your body's in trauma Hmm. i'll do it of shame (laughs) you were just down to chemicals (laughs) so it's not the white light of spiritual spiritual entering heaven seeing the white tunnel and going through the white tunnel to heaven i've got something to say about that maybe later but everything that we see and feel anyway so when you think about it, if there is a white light experience, it would have to be in the brain. There would have to be a True, very true. Hmm. Anyway, if it is spiritual, yeah. I guess yeah. there's nothing wrong with having the physical basis of spiritual experience. Not at all. I mean, it's true. I mean, I think I've said we're, we wear a sensory suit and everything that we experience outside of us, which I call the outer reality, 
is experienced in the inner reality in our inner mindscape. It's it's all the stimuli from the outer world coming into us in the physical world that we're experiencing through the five senses, and it's just we're so we're experiencing everything in the mind. So why wouldn't it be the same on the other side as above, so below? That everything you experience is just part of your consciousness, and it is. Everything is part of consciousness. There's nothing apart from consciousness. I believe. Have you so. heard of the Indian Death Book? No. No. Okay. Well, a boy found a book on top of a mountain that had been left there for many, 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 many years, and it explains what happens when you die, and it says that you go through your nervous system, and I think that if you exit out your body through your nervous system. That might explain the whole tunnel thing. Um, not that we go through our spinal cord, literally, I'm not sure, but the book makes a lot of sense as to how we leave our bodies and move on to the next. And I found that to be the most uh, convincing bit of evidence from all the things that I looked at to see what happens after we die. Uh, everything is the Indian death book. If you're interested, I think you should really look it up and have a read okay. of what it says. Unlike Indian the Bible, it isn't. Yeah, Indian death book found in him. Very interesting. Yeah. And so um, tell us about going from being an atheist to being a spiritual person. Did, mm. it, it, I understand it, it wasn't just the near-death experience, but you also had a poltergeist in your home? So you just broke up there. I got as far as near-death experience and you broke up. I understand that you also experienced a poltergeist in your yeah. home. That was a, that was a clicker. That was the main thing that just made me realise that you know there's more to this world. So a lot of evidence. I was on, I was on my own in that house for six months, and it came on slowly, but got to the point where there was furniture moving. I was being fondled. Oh. My hair was being pulled. I go to take oh. a glass of water, drink, and I would just bang the cup. Oh my there were gosh. Three Another woman who used to live there didn't know she was dead, and there was a soldier from the war who tried to kill himself in the main room. And he went down the road and hung himself in the tree. Then he walked back up into the house where he just continued to live. But he was charcoal black. If I was to set fire to this cup, you know what the smoke would look like that very deep black smoke that you get from polystyrene. That's what it looked like. He was a polystyrene smoke shaped soldier. Walk like a soldier around the house. And turning the lights on, I thought, oh, this is terrible. I don't want to see this. So I turned the lights on thinking that would help. No, I just saw him better. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it did help with some of them, but not, not him. No, he had a, a little routine that he walked, just a pathway that was out the back door into the house and through. And I had this tiny loo, and it was just like a cupboard-sized toilet and a wall and a door. And part of his track was to walk through the wall on the left and straight through the other wall in front of the toilet. So whenever I was on the toilet, I was afraid. Just go, just oh, for I'm all of our way. American guests, a loo is uh, uh, an Australian I, term of endearment for the toilet. I think they use loo in, in America as well. Okay. Right? Yeah. No, where is laboratory? That's England, isn't it? A French. <laughs> laboratory we use that in school i think in elementary school i jackie i want to we've had a lot of conversations and um i mean we do have some questions but um you know we've had a lot of metaphysical philosophical conversations you and i and lana uh privately and you know you've been on our show before um and i want to kind of jump in if you don't mind right into i want to ask you about 
what we call, what some people call the matrix and the nature of reality. And I want to, because I've got some things that I want to, you know, those kinds of conversations we've had about the nature of reality and the nature of the matrix and how do you escape the matrix? Isn't that a good question? I think that we could, mm. a topic that we could jump into. Know how. You told me the same thing that my healer told me 10 years ago. When you die, you say, I want to return to source. Do you remember telling me that? No, I don't. <laughs> oh, that, that, that's, that's what you do. Because there's a, there's a court case. You familiar with that? No, there, tell there, me about it. A, okay, well, apparently. So what? Being judged. Yes, apparently you, you, you get a confrontating, a confronting look at your life. Very oh, that did happen to me. That happened to me during my awakening. Yeah, the court case. I was judged, yes. I could, okay. It's a life review. I did, all of these things happened to me, yes. The life review, being put on trial in the spirit world. I, these things did ha I experienced those things. Yes. Yep. That's what happens. Yep. And um, then if you say, I want to return to source, you don't enter back into the matrix. You can mm -hmm. return to source. My source is a planet where people just... They, they look like people, but they fly. We can fly as well as other things. And obviously we don't have a body. This is the only realm where, where we have physical bodies that need eating, sleeping, and that kind of thing. So this is in Jupiter, the people fly? I don't think so. I, I think that's what? a birth planet thing um, for my existence here. Okay. Part of my star sign kind of astrology thing. Whereas the planet that is my source is of great distance away mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. And, and and you developed a, a, an understanding about your higher self didn't you so yes, well, the energy healing i had to have and i tapped into my own uh, i was encouraged and they taught me as i was getting my own therapy and thanks to your daughter i practiced it a lot recently in recent years and i'm now quite good at it yes. Higher self is incredibly mm. powerful. I've been doing that for quite a while. The more you practice it, the better it gets and the louder she gets and the clearer she gets. Yeah. So back to getting outside of the matrix or uh, yeah. to escaping the matrix. So you're, you're saying, Jackie, that you suggest to people that when at the moment of dying that they try to go back to source rather than go back into the reincarnation mm. cycle that we're trapped in. And this is something, Jackie, before I... We had um, a person on our show about a week ago um, who was talking about his experience of going to hell. He asked to go to hell. He was in federal prison and he was ministering to the other prisons and they were saying, well, why don't you go to hell and basically tell us what it's like? So he asked the universe to send him to hell and he didn't fact go to hell for seven days and he described his experience and he's Christian. And it was something that I didn't talk about. And the reason that I'm bringing up now because it's the appropriate uh, show for this, where you're here, um, and we've talked about this, hell, there are, I believe, and I'm just going to, and this is a belief because there are so many beliefs, and I don't, you know, but it's actually more of a belief, actually, for me, but there are many places like hell, even, then, and there is a proverbial hell, uh, Christian hell, um, under the earth, there are also places like hell, um, but what's interesting about the matrix is I believe that there's a matrix outside of this physical matrix, 3D reality. And when you die, you're still in the matrix, basically. 
in your astral body. And when you encounter spirits, they may come to you as angels or family members, and it may be very, they may be very deceptive spirits, and they may encourage you to come back into 3D reality and to return to life and reincarnate and re mm -hmm. instead of what you're saying, going back to source, because they want to encourage people to continue to make contracts oh, and agreements and come back in. And you've got to be aware of that and be aware of what, who you're speaking to upon death, because when you're coming out of your body, especially in a traumatic death, and you're... Mm -hmm ejected out of your body you don't know where you are and you're very confused and spirits come right in and try to intercept you and bring you back in yeah. and they're also very happy to send you to heaven for a little while and to places of bliss and sort of keep you there and encourage your greatest fantasies just like there are other spirits that are very happy to send you to places like hell your personal hell where they can feed on your energy and assist you with your guilt and things that you've taken away from your life so that's one of one of the things I just wanted to quickly bring up about the matrix. I want to hear about hell. What happened to this guy? Seven days. Wasn't very pleasant. No. Okay. okay. But it, but it's it's a type of reality, and there's many. I think there's the realities of our mind that we personally create, and then I think there are the other realities that people create that are independent, somewhat independent of us, so that other groups create, like religions create certain types of realities in the afterlife or here. And so they're all there, whether we create yeah. them or other people create them, whether we create our personal heaven or our personal hell, or we accept someone else's and we enter those realities, they're all there in the great multiverse. And so we yeah, have to be aware. Of consciousness. And they go beyond the physical life of your body. So um, if you can imagine uh, your head and then there's like a, a rainbow and then these are all states of consciousness. There's the awakening and you, your dream state and the little doorway between when you're awake and asleep. And then there's deeper ones, the coma and, and death and, you know, it just deep states of consciousness all in the matrix. Yeah. Mm. And so, of course, if somebody's convincing you that you're going to go to a certain place or that a certain place exists or that there's or a certain belief or whatever it is or a fact or theory is, anyway, whatever, it becomes part of your own programming. It becomes part of your own reality, either here in this world or in the next. So I guess it's really important to be awake and aware mm. of what's happening. I know in Buddhism they talk very much about the importance of dying correctly, of dying in a way that actually enables you to go to the place that's, you know, perhaps best for you. And I guess most Buddhists don't want to get back into that, the trap of the mm. karmic reincarnation, mm. but to be free now. It sounds like it's actually very important to focus on that when you are dying and to actually go back to source, not necessarily to heaven, which might be, you know, a, a deceptive place, you know. Mm. So, um, so, 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 so you gone? I didn't want to talk over you. No, 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 that's fine. Okay. David, a moment ago you just mentioned um, something. What was it? Because I've had a brain fog. So um, about about um, manifesting, being being right. responsible uh, for what we manifest, yeah. our realities. Reading a book at the moment called The Vortex, and everyone should oh, read yeah. it. It mm. speaks exactly about what you just spoke about, David. And Lana, 
I recognise a lot of Buddhism in it, even though it doesn't credit what they're saying to Buddhism, but there are a lot of, you know, such as your state of happiness and your state of joy and your state of being and how our thoughts have consequences and mm. how we manifest. And it basically is a question-answer format where excellent questions are asked and answered from the teachings of Abraham that I guess were lost at some stage. And uh, it's not Abraham, the, the one you're probably thinking of. It's another one. Um, and it's just an amazing book. And it's something that every person needs to know and understand because there are consequences to our thoughts. And if we're angry or bitter or upset, then we're not in alignment. That's it. Mm. And we need to know why and be positive and have things naturally come to us. Well, that sounds very much like part of karma. We went to a Buddhist class yesterday and they raised the interesting question about karma. What is karma? And what they were saying is that part of karma is to accept what's happening to you but be very aware that you are responsible for your reactions to things and your reactions to things are what is going to create the karma of tomorrow. Mm. I mean, I know. Oh, go ahead. And here you go. I, I was just going to say, <laughs> I had an experience. I mean, I, I've, I've channeled uh, spirits that I call the forgotten or the lost souls, and they're in hell, in eight different hells or whatever. And, and it's extremely unpleasant. It's, it's very real for them, just as real as it is here. They're being tortured. They believe they are, you know, just yeah, as well, as much as we believe... We believe we're in the we believe the illusion of reality is real that everything around us is solid yeah. and real and they would too in hell just the same yeah. so and it's very unpleasant and that was the result of my own karma it's almost like this is a, I hear these voices occasionally and sometimes they come through and I almost channel them it's like I'm channeling hell and it's and it's almost like a karmic reminder that in some past lives, I may have sent people there. Maybe I don't know, as a priest of some sort. You're a bad boy. You're, you know, you're going to hell, and so it's a reminder. You know, you contributed to these people being where they are now, and so what did what did uh, they say in the Buddhist class about karma? Well, they, I know you know a lot about this too, Jackie. Well, they said that it's the basis of so much and that it's important not to feel guilty about things yeah. that may or may not have or blame things, yeah. but to accept it with a wisdom. But the important thing is your reaction to circumstances. Your reaction to circumstances are, is what is going to create the karma. So if you react to anything that happens that might be of a negative nature, but you react with a generosity and a wisdom and a compassion towards both you and someone else, then that is creating positive karma for the future. Now. And one of the, one of the in the now and the future, one of the ladies that talked, interesting enough, she was saying that a whole lot of negative things happened to her, you know, three negative things in a row. Her house was robbed and she was never never broken into before, and a whole lot of beautiful photographs about her travels to India went missing. And then her car got broken into, and then a third thing that happened. Now, she had a very um, – she meditated on it. She thought deeply about it. And she imagined the burglars that came in, who were probably very young kids, and she thought about them in with compassion. And she found that the negativity and the, mm. the anger that she had dissipated. And she 
found that whole experience really profound for her. And she somehow knew on some level that it was something to do with karma and that she was setting that karma almost or the negative things free and she was setting about um, a better karma for herself in the future. And that, that sense of responsibility not for bad things that happen to us, but for how we Act react now. to circumstances because when I, yeah, seems because, to be terribly important. Because when I look back and I say, well, the implications, the cause and effect of my actions in previous lives, if I sent, you know, executed, caused 100,000 people to be executed. What did you do a thousand, in your past life? I'm just making like, this up oh. hypothetically. <laughs> if, I, if I did this a thousand years ago as a Roman centurion, I don't know, Viking, whatever, and there was a war going on, I was responsible, that affected all of the families, so it, it affected multitudes of people, and it affected them for generations to come, that negative energy of the, that event, my actions at that time, continued to flow forward to the present day, and it grew, and it grew, and it expanded, and I can't contain that, I can't, even though there's now a comic reminder, but I couldn't, it, I'm not saying this is what happened, because I don't really know the details of any of my lives that well, but it's just saying that you can't now, it'd be very difficult to bring that all back to the original source through your own personal actions. I mean, there is energy healing and healing codes, and there are many spiritual practices to dissolve that negative energy. But in, in the sense of karma, we're saying okay. that it's what you do now you that... You can't. You can't. If, if you are creating it, you're saying that this can't be done. It can't. It will. The universe will not be able to do it for you. The universe will be trapped. If you say it can, you're opening doors. This, this is a place of miracles, and there is a finite amount of miracles that not everyone can grab, and you know. But you can at least try. And if you say that you can't do something, you can't. You're speaking the truth. True. If you say True. You you're speaking the truth. Um, according to the vortex about um, karma, you think about trauma, if you think about your past, you know, horrors that have happened, in the moment when you're thinking about them, that problem still exists today as it yes. is. And the uh, radiation that you are taking out, radiation is a long word, but you know what I mean, the frequency of Resonance. that trauma, you're sending out, yes, in a way that it'll, it'll bounce back on you. So if you think of the universe as a mirror with a tennis ball and just or a squash ball and just go bounce, 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 bounce is what your thoughts are doing. You just go bounce. And if you have the same thought the whole time and you go the same thought over and over, you're gonna break that mirror. Or you're gonna make a dent and that's gonna cause something kind of catastrophic. It's a bad way to explain it. The pen on the on the wooden piece of furniture is a better way. If you think about something over and over again, just like drawing on a on your school desk and make an indentation, that's what it does in your time space makes an indentation, and those things manifest. Those are interesting metaphors. And, and, I, and I guess the other thing you said that's true is it's they're not past lives. If any event is in your mind and held in your mind, a memory in the present moment, then it's in the present moment with you. All those past lives or that traumatic event in this Hello. life from when you were a child is in the now because you're dealing with yeah, it in the now. So, yeah, focus on the positive, and you'll be sending the positive out. If you focus on the negative, that trauma is going to affect you. Yeah. Especially with guilt. Guilt's the one thing that, that really does a lot of damage to your karma. Guilt and shame. These are mm -hmm. two things that you don't want to be reveling no. in for silly reasons. Yeah.
those those yeah. are the things if you've got tremendous guilt at the um at the point that you die make the transition that's going to really have a negative effect on you going into the afterlife and where you end up i think okay wow okay so you want to you want to have a sort of a peaceful death and be at peace with yourself when you die if you can right yes a pleasant death well you know not everybody <laughs> can have a pleasant death so unfortunately it's you know but it's a, you do want to live a peaceful life if you can a peaceful existence as much as you can so just because of the trauma itself people get stuck um mm. just if it's a traumatic thing mm. but it sounds like your trauma actually got you unstuck and freed you Mm. It did. Yeah, mm. but there was a few of them. There was a, the coma as well and, and the poltergeist. I mean, it's all these things combined sort of tell a story to me. Mm. My mind really was shut. My father is like that and he still is today, a very closed-minded person. I think that uh, you look up to your parents and I looked up to my father and, you know, I guess I was a bit too much like him and I stopped being like him in that way and I became my own person. It's wonderful to see that the, the accident, rather than traumatizing you, actually expanded you. Yes. Yeah, it did. Uh, it, it, it lived a Yes. In some ways, that's karma as well. I mean, you, you could have remained shattered, but in fact you grew. And uh, I guess you had some responsibility in your reaction. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um Oh, I, I was lucky that I was put into a situation where I was receiving healing, energetic healing. Mm-hmm. I was told to go and see this person, know anything about it. What she does is contact her higher self and she pulls negativity out and I have a lot of it and she made a huge difference. I would ring mm-hmm. her up and be sick as a dog and she'll fix it, just take it out. Everything's energy. Everything is energy and if she can manipulate and control energy, she's able to just take it out. And then I'll be I'll bring my sister up and who I spoke to five minutes earlier. Ha, huh, better now. Sound better, don't I? I'm off. See you later. And, oh, I can't believe she did that. Isn't One that day, amazing? My, mm. Yeah, I met my sister for coffee and um, I I said, Oh, I, I asked about your secrets and I've got a secret of yours. And she's like, What what she didn't believe it? And I said, Oh, you you'd really like chocolate ness. I didn't know. And her jaw dropped. And then I said, Daryl Lee. And she just lost it. Absolutely. She just terrifies people. <laughs> People can do this. I've told two friends congratulations for being pregnant before they knew. <laughs> yeah, this, this woman, her name's Kerry. Uh, She's very good. Side benefits of having a higher power. Wonderful. I, I know the, the fact that everything is energy is, is really is really eye-opening. I had, I had an accident as well, certainly not as dramatic as you, but I broke my leg a few oh, years yeah, ago. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was in a lot of pain and um, I didn't really want to have the operation I was meant to have. So I rang up this Reiki master and uh, it was really amazing. You know, he said that he was going to send me healing energy and he asked for my address and my date of birth. And, you know, there was one part of me that was thinking, this is amazing. I want to explore this. The cynical part of me yeah. was thinking, this is bullshit. You know, <laughs> excuse the French. Um, you know, how can how can anyone send healing energy, mm. you know, through the airways? Um, anyway, a few days later, all of a sudden I got this buzzing feeling in my leg and I was in a lot of pain and the pain lifted. And mm. I thought, that's really strange. It was a definite feeling, a definite 
buzzing. I'd never experienced anything like it. And that uh, I ended up going have the operation. And I don't know to what extent the, the Reiki helped me heal. I think it did. Mm. But the fact that someone can actually send me healing energy that was specific, yeah. uh, you know, that specifically sent to yeah. me to my leg mm. was just astounding. And it just really yeah. opened my eyes. Well, we both studied Reiki and I, and I certainly believe it. And I believe that you can do distance healing. That's what prayer is. And almost any any religion or philosophy or group can do this. You know, they'll, you know, you do this. You ask, you've asked the karmic council for help. And lots of people ask the universe, send healing energy to heal my so-and-so's brother of their illness or injury and the universe or whatever higher, higher force seems to facilitate that. Um, okay. Is there's foundational to any spiritual practice. Absolutely. My healer could heal my stump pain and no stump, no pain specialist could. It was a nerve pain and I was really sick of it. It was all the time chronic and I didn't know she could do that. And once I went into my uh, appointment and I just said, she goes, how are you? I said, oh, I'm really over the stump pain. She goes, I'll fix that. Two seconds later, no stump pain. And it's been that way for years. You're kidding. Wow. Uh, she could do it. I just couldn't believe it because all the doctors – cannot fix stump pain and there's so many amputees out there who suffer that horrible mm -hmm. pain. This is the way to do it. I remember when you and I were at a Tantra class and um, it was when I, Susan Glenn, who's a, who, who's a certified healing codes instructor and she may call in, she's been on our show in the past. Uh, I felt tremendous pain all of a sudden. I felt very sick, like I was going to vomit and I felt like I'd been stabbed in the stomach and there was this tremendous pain in my stomach. And after Lana was hugging me, I, Susan came over and she actually pulled this out of me and she she had it in her hand and she threw it at the synergy or something and and I wow. immediately felt better and the, and the, I had no idea that she was going to do that and I don't even know that Susan at that time knew that she had the ability to do that so it's amazing um, how you discover these things yeah. so, yeah. uh, when I was Terry one Can't day the power alarm went off yeah and she turned it off energetically and. You know, oh, you can turn off car alarms. That's great. She taught me what? how. <laughs> yeah, I've got a video. I can't reach it. I can't get up on a ladder or anything like that, being that I've got one leg. So when that smoke alarm goes off, I just turn it off energetically. I'm not going to get up there really? and push a button. Yeah, I've got a video. Well, I don't, we don't really know the limits of our our mind or our true power, do we? I mean, we really don't know the if there is any limits at all to what we can actually do. And I don't know whether it's world. actually necessarily our power or more of a connection with the world around us. Maybe, Maybe it's realizing that connection, setting up a connection, does it? Well, what the power? Just being sorry, able to being able to tap into it. Hey, Jackie, my. My higher self had uh, came up with a question for you. I, I had it enter my head, my thoughts, my mind a few a few minutes ago. Uh, the question was for our listeners: Is to your to you or to your higher self or greater self? Um, Arthur likes to call it a greater self. One of my guides. Um, how can people live? This is a practical question, I guess. How can people, they want you to explain, how can our listeners live a peaceful life in a way that enables them to successfully get through it and transition to the next life in accordance with the principle of spiritual evolution, I think is what I'm hearing. Do you know what I mean? What they do. This is what they can do. They can read the vortex. Read, raise your vibrations, 
uh, for some of them, read what Pia Melody has written because this is about subconscious mind and we, controlling your brain is a difficult thing to do. So P-I-A-M-E-L-D-L-Y, Pia Melody, go to YouTube and watch the YouTube You Are Not Your Brain. Understand all these things and that, that's the best I can answer that. There's no short answer is go to these books. The Vortex is on audiobook. Listen to it while you're driving. So, in other words, what people can do to live a more, can live in a way that facilitates their spiritual development is to become involved and to read and to. Uh, The reading will, the books, the information in the books will will answer that question for them. Yes, and those who have traumatic pasts need to read Pia Melody's books as well. So I'm wondering whether we can, though, synthesise it for our listeners. Um, I mean, obviously, realising the true nature of the world and the true nature of the world is energetic is one important thing. Being connecting with the world around you, um, I I guess the other thing is to have the true perception of the world, understanding that the the world in the way that we perceive it is not actually reality. Uh, and realising also that we everything is mm. transient uh, and yet that our spirits are immortal. I think those are mm. uh, some very important... And, and here's another way. I, I want to rephrase this for you. What did you do in your life that's enabled you to maintain sort of a balanced... How, are, how did you get to be where you are now in this place in your life where you're feeling a little more stability and, and a more awareness, spiritual awareness, more empowered, I guess. And going through all the problems that I had, just like the person you mentioned, one thing after the other happening, I realized I had to do something and there was something wrong and I was manifesting this. Um, and I learned where it came from and I'm learning now through the help of these books that I'm exactly on path with this and this is what's wrong and moving forward. So the a quick answer to that would be I figured out that um, it is easy to manifest something very good for you and it's also easy to manifest something very bad for you. <clears throat> Pardon me. And our core or subconscious mind or past traumas can certainly have something to do with that because you've got this inner critic, some of us do anyway, that tells you you can't or that, you know, and, and the power of this critic has you think that you've been hard on yourself because you want to improve but being hard on yourself and here's the take-home message sinks you down it pushes you right down you've got to look at the positive if you sleep in too many hours you've got to look at the positive of that not be hard on yourself that's right love love and compassion love and compassion really ascends any any our vibrations our resonance It, it sets us in the right direction Love and compassion for the self. Mm. And for others. When you wake up in the morning, give send love to three people who are giving you a hard time or causing That's problems. Good. Do what that. Do your affirmations. Do you do affirmations? That's crucial. Hello, Susan. Are you there? Yeah. Hi, Lana and David. How are you going? We're good. Thanks for calling in. Uh, yeah, very, very clever uh, radio people you've got. They uh, they needed to do a, a fair bit of um, 
changing around of the of the lines and straight away I was put in. So uh, where are you up to? What do you feel I can contribute? Because I haven't been able to hear the conversation up until just a moment ago. And um, so if you want me to contribute, just um, uh, give me a line to talk on. That would be perfect. Well, I guess we're, we're talking about the importance of living your life with um, you know, spiritual awareness and connecting with our higher power and, you know, being grateful for things and turning any negative experiences into positive experiences. Jackie was just about to tell us about a few affirmations that she, um, she says on a daily basis. Right. Okay, well, go ahead, Jackie, and we'd love to hear the affirmations and I'll contribute along the way whenever it's appropriate. Right. Um, Well, some of them have already happened since I started. One of them is a cure for Marvin's skin problem. I had no way out of that. Marvin was unhappy in his skin, very depressed. I went to a holistic specialist and that was an affirmation, cure for Marvin, ticked off. just off the top of my head, uh, I'm going to write ebooks. That's on it, and uh, yeah, just the things that I want: a successful business and mm. getting to know the camera at a better level. Those kind of things. Uh, um, yeah, I say them every day, and you know what? It's like I'm telling myself, not the universe. And that's true manifesting. Yeah. And Susan's a, a certified healing coach, instructor, and life coach, a personal development coach, counselor, who's um, been on our show before, and who. Uh, we, we talked about you earlier, Susan, and mentioned how you, uh, our experience at the Tantra class and how you pulled an energy out of me when I was in a lot of pain. I thought I might need an ambulance, and we were talking about the nature of energy, and, and Jackie was discussing that as well, um, her experiences with that with energy, and I know you're sort of a specialist in that area. Well, listening to what you've just said there and, and Jackie, the... The energy of the words in an affirmation uh, align with us and uh, we activate them by saying them out aloud. Uh, And so that makes perfect sense to me, what Jackie was just saying. And I do uh, talks to myself. Uh, We're working with clients. I encourage them to basically take sovereignty of self and address yourself as to what it is that you would like to have and being loving and encouraging so the energy that we engage with tantra and uh, accessing the capacity in us to to love very powerfully and for some people that's through their heart chakra and for others it's just literally opening the heart feeling love as best they can, as powerfully as they can, and flowing that towards a person, a situation. Um, The distressed people are feeling about possibility of uh, the White House and uh, North Korea clashing uh, distresses people, just sitting quietly and pouring the vibration of love into that absolutely unconditionally injects that energy into a negative and assists it to become more positive. Do we have control over the degree of positivity only in the way in which we keep asking for ourselves and address to ourselves the heart of who we are, we talk to, to lift our vibration. 
the more we are able to lift our vibration in this this lifetime, then the the more powerful is the wave pattern frequency resonance that we transfer to a situation that worries us. And David, you and I were talking about that just the other day. We were, I think we were talking about, <laughs> we all, I mean, this is a common, common subject, Trump and Kim and North Korea and the United States and, you know, the fact that, and I'm, I'm certainly aware that you, you don't want to become part of the drama of that situation. You don't want to indulge it because you're simply giving more energy to it. You actually want to stop playing the game. You don't want to play their game. You want to step out of it is, was the first realization for me. And then, you, you talked about the other part of that, which was actually putting positive, positive um, energy into that situation. Yes, being the vibration of love and then emitting that, being like a great big um, satellite disk and just going up, bleep, 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 the beauty of love. And, <laughs> mm. and that's certainly recognizing the fact that we are energetic beings. And... Uh, it's always always something that we can do, and that we can transform. And I think I think the other the other technique is not to resist things that are happening in the world, to flow with them, and then to try to change things from within the flow. With a little more gracefulness mm. and finesse. Some, something David and I have developed to um, really refine as a great technique is if that, things seem to go wrong in our life, we stop and think. You stop resisting and you think, well, what good could come of this? And you flow along with the open opportunities. How, how can we use this to facilitate success in some other area or some other issue? And and I just want to say, I want to give, a, I think we talked once about gratitude and appreciation. I don't know if Susan's still with us. I was just going to say to that, the, what you were saying there about what to do uh, about the loving feeling is that sometimes some people just feel so blocked and stopped that they don't feel they can be loving and kind and the, then they are able to back off another step again and have conversation with themselves. Are they um, even willing to help themselves to be uh, more loving just for themselves? Can I bring in more loving kindness just for me? And until you can get a yes on that, uh, you can absolutely feel so stuck. So that's another way where one of the things I do work with clients and with myself as well at times when I feel blocked, use actual energy processes to deconstruct the stuck, the feeling blocked, the energy hurdle you feel is in your future that you're frightened of or other such things. Mm. And that's another way of utilizing energy to um, be like a snowplow, clear your path ahead of you and open you up to being in that loving state. So there's never a time, I would say to people, when there isn't something good and useful you can do to help yourself, no matter how stuck you are. I like that. And, and I do like I was mentioning gratitude and appreciation, and, and Jackie and Susan have been very helpful to us in our relationship and with our circumstances Absolutely. throughout the past three and a half years mm. uh, with all sorts of situations. And then there's that gratitude and appreciation for anything 
I think raises your vibration. That's my feeling. And I, so just sending out thanks to, for, to both of you for supporting us in Universal Soul Love. And give it back to you, Jackie. Yeah, thanks. And what, what Sue just said uh, reminded me of something I read in a book recently, and that is there's, there's two things that we do as humans, only two things. We either run from fear or we run towards joy. That's it. Every single motion we do, thing we say, choice we make is either a choice that's running from fear or something unpleasant or pain. Running from pain is the word, so yeah. or we're going towards joy. And if you can live your life by being motivated by joy, is a lot better for you than running from pain. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Those two responses, Jackie, are so powerful. And if we are willing to be aware of ourselves enough to notice what is triggering us, whether it be pain or it's I'm, I'm, I'm dashing for pleasure, and, and joy and love, noticing what we are with that because sometimes the running towards uh, love and, and joy and so on can actually mean it becomes an addiction to constantly being in a happy place and that can be like an addiction for sex. Well, that's not actually going to help either. The underlying vibration that drives a person to do anything that is overly not helping them in any way, either pain or pleasure, those things are now mendable. And to know that there is something powerfully good you can do to help yourself when you're ready to do so is very important. But then there are times mm. when clients come to me and they just say, I am so stuck, I actually need your assistance to help with that. And over the phone, it is possible for me to work with frequencies and uh, use the healing codes and wor wording and verbalization and the mix of those uh, and we can unstuck a person from, I don't care what you say, I want to stay angry. And I have known a couple of people who said that to me. I want to stay angry because that, that's... I've never said that. ...point in time. And I say, yes, but you working really well towards a, a big altar. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jackie, can you tell us a little bit more about channeling higher self? Okay. I know that's something we've talked about earlier, and I'm just wondering if uh, you could tell us what your experience has been. I'll add some comments in. Well, I do, and I will. Um, I just say that what I said earlier about running from pain and running towards joy, that is a manifestation of itself. So if you've got a business and you see it as running from the pain of being poor, it won't work. But if you run a business from your passion when you're seeking joy and see yourself as a person who's providing a service rather than taking from others, then your business will flourish mm. that way. Uh, so the higher true. self, yes, the, everyone has a higher self. And I'm not sure how many there are or how high it goes, but we have one that's, that's very close. And we can channel through, I think, about here. There's a door. Once you open it, it can't be closed. About the best way to live our lives, how to become more spiritual, how to become more sovereign beings, how to find our path. Let's just ask her to volunteer something because she won't like that question. It's a big answer, I think. She won't like okay. that. No, 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 because if you ask her a broad question, she'll, she'll kind of go, <clears throat> um, 
So I'll ask if she wants to volunteer anything for the show. Okay. Take your wires and put it in the sun and watch it grow. Take your what? Take your wires, put it in the sun and watch it grow. Your wise, your wise self. Okay. W-I-S-E. Wise. I know. Wise is in healthy, wealthy, and wise. Wise. That does sound like that does sound like a higher self statement. Okay. <laughs> grow your wise. Okay. Organic wise. If I put it in the sun, she means because because high frequency is a golden light. And when you okay. bless your food, you rise the vibration by blessing it and you imagine golden light coming down your food and that raises the vibration of your food. So I think she's saying, I'll ask her what she's saying. Coping skills are the... Can't get the next word. She's saying fundamental or, or something else. Preacher. Coping skills are the fundamental preacher. Now my phone's ringing, it's going to interrupt. That's pretty... um, um. For your day, which is a funny ending to I, that I, state. Oh, okay. She said, coping skills are the fundamental preacher for the day which is her explanation of what she means by take your wise, put it in the sun and watch it grow. Well, certainly wisdom I, is the best or something, even a coping skill, but I, I guess it's, I mean, wisdom, if you apply wisdom and compassion, love to any situation, that's the best way of coping. I guess it? I look at it as, um, I, I think I know what she means because I used to hear a lot about life coping, life management strategies, which rather than using coping, I guess, because coping sounds like a, I know what she means, though. It's sort of like we all have we we all have these we all have our belief systems. We all so we have philosophies. Like I like the Serenity Prayer is a good one, and that to me is a coping strat life coping strategy that I use, and everybody has one that helps them get through yeah. life. And it may not be true, but it's use if it's useful, then you use it to get through yeah. life successfully. It's a, it's a winning strategy, a life success strategy, whatever it is you use. For me, it's the serenity prayer, and for a lot of people it is. Is that what she meant, maybe? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'll, she normally doesn't talk the way she's talking today. Normally she talks normally. So uh, I'll, I'll see if we can put it quickly. I don't know. I don't want to say what she said. <laughs> I have that issue too sometimes. Personally, okay. and I don't, I don't feel that she is because I'm not, I'm not on that sort of vibration. But I think, to put it simply, she's saying we've got to get over ourselves, <laughs> get past it, get past mm -hmm. the me, get past the the part of us that that wallows, I guess, mm -hmm. and so that yeah. So the simplest way is to for her to say, get over yourself, put your wife, mm -hmm. get your wife, the sun. Uh, watch it grow. Mm -hmm. Get over yourself. Mm -hmm. 
Well, it's a fundamental teaching of, of so many spiritual schools, especially Buddhism, to realize that, you know, to get out of yourself, realize that, in fact, we we don't matter that much mm. and it gives you the freedom of not worrying about you and, and the, actually realising that there is no self, that the self in the way in which we see ourselves that doesn't actually exist. It's only life. It's not that serious, as I like to say. And also, I guess a lot of people don't know what a higher self is. Not everybody, and I don't know if channeling is even the right word, channels their higher self or I, I should say has a connection with their higher self. That People have guides of all sorts, angels and higher dimensional beings and all sorts of things, that is, and God and goddesses and the prime creator. For me, it's my higher self. My higher self, the way I describe it, is that my higher self is my expanded self. It's the expanded consciousness. It's my greater consciousness. It's the accumulation of all my past lives and existences as one larger consciousness one larger entity with with many levels to it as well as i could there's a part that i call the higher mind or the wise mind and there are sort of lower aspects that are the spirits that are members of what i call the collective the collective soul that is this higher self or this higher power and so it's very interesting it's very complex it's it's my it's my whole personality my the complexity of me, you know, all the existences of me converging in this moment. And so, an advisor. So, if I'm sitting in an exam, I don't know the answer. I go to the advisor. If mm. I have feelings inside, I don't know if I should say anything. I go to the advisor. So it's good having someone there who can just tell me how it is. Um, just so long as it's not too personal, I can only be told something that the person's happy for me to know. Um, there are others who can find out everything, but um, there's there's a limit. Uh, but it's just like having an advisor with me all the time. Mm. Uh, the do, you, do you feel that it's basically an aspect of you or do you feel like it's different question. to you? Everyone's got a slightly different opinion on that. And I think that given that she's got a different name but she has my personality, she's probably a me without being in consciousness because we're the pea brains down here on this level. We are really stupid. And uh, I think because we've, we've got ego and we're made stupid, that there's a part of us that isn't stupid. This is, this is us without the body, yeah. if you get that. Yeah, yeah they're, they exist there, but they, they sort of can exist in us as well. They experience life as human and they experience life as human over and over, maybe in a lot of other realities. And, and while they can – mind guides me as well and advises me, and they – can exist they're part of us and they can exist in us as they need to or as we allow them to and they also exist elsewhere it's sort of yeah i don't know it, can, it is very difficult to explain but i i, I tapped in on her once for, for alexia and she was having a cigarette next to alexia's higher self and i went what and she goes her answer was when you smoke i smoke when you drink i drink so they are connected to us and what we do has an impact on them. We're impacting it layer after layer after layer. And if someone says something that's got bad energy and it's toxic to us, they feel it too. And it just vibrates out. So that was a okay, so we are connected obviously, but she's connected mm -hmm. in a way that she doesn't have freedom or free will. Mm -hmm. Whereas I do so so her choices are my choices. So yeah. Yeah, I agree. 
yeah, I, I know what you mean. They do. Uh, they 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 certainly do have more wisdom than us by far. But they can also. They but we have free will, so they allow us to do as we will, and they experience what we experience and accumulate that and integrate that into their total self or whatever. So that's further knowledge. So it's expansion of consciousness. Um, and that's yeah. has a big impact on them and their lives and how they are. They are part and, of our lives. Yeah, so they're not here. They don't interpret things probably the same way we do with our preferences of positive or negative or good and bad. They take them as experiences and accumulate them into the knowledge base. There's no negative. If you ask your higher self something with a knot in it or does this don't happen or something, they won't hear the knot or the don't. It's just like your subconscious doesn't. Mm-hmm. So if I was saying um, I'm not going to have a cigarette, my subconscious hears I'm going to have a cigarette. And it's the same <laughs> it is. Um, so they don't. They don't live in a world with the negative. You've got to ask your questions to your higher self very carefully in a way. Fascinating. True. Yeah. I wonder, in a in a way, whether the higher self is basically the universe experiencing us. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Mm. Everyone's on it. I mean. And, the, yeah. And, and so just briefly, because I think we have to finish soon, what's the best way for people to get to know their higher self? Mm. Yeah. Do it professionally. Learn with a group professionally because opening that door can be dangerous and yes. can get in. You yes. have to be very careful learn it properly. Go to someone yes. who's professional and learn it properly. I, I went to mediumship classes for three years and uh, – very true and and i have to say and i wanted to add something quickly to that when spirits if you do become a doorway for spirits and and you start doing mediumship or channeling or whatever anything that enters your body is going to experience anything you experience they become part of your body and so they they become part of your central nervous system as well and this goes back to if you get a negative spirit in your body a negative entity a predatory parasitic entity it will feel the pain that you feel. It will feel anything that you feel. That's why in the old days they used to talk about beating the devil out of someone, <laughs> which I don't recommend you do that. But, but uh, just uh, I'm not going to go any further. I'll let you take over. I'm not going to go any further mm-hmm. with my That's ideas amazing. on that. But like Every day and put a gold bubble around yourself and have the white light come in and go through your body, out your feet into the ground, and then cover yourself in a gold bubble and you're protected. And do that every I'm day. Along with your affirmations and sending out love to three people who are ticking you off at the time. And Beautiful exercise. Leave the house. Yeah, but I, I agree with you, Jackie. I don't recommend you just go blindly into learning past life, past life regression or past life exploration or mediumship or anything to do with that until you've really read a lot and you've studied a lot and gone with other people that know what they're doing. It's sort of like... Um, some people like to do use plant teachers, you know, and, and it's best to do that with a shaman. Those are not recreational drugs, and, and I don't recommend illegal drug usage, but, you know, if you're going to, you want to, it's a spiritual experience. It's not, those are not party drugs, and, and it can damage your brain. It can damage your life, and, and it's the same with a lot of things in life. You know, you just don't see a a pot on a stove and go grabbing what's in it and you burn your hands. You, there has to yeah, be some yeah. thought going on. You have to think about what you're doing and be mindful you know, yeah. so that you don't cause yourself harm. But and so then we know this through experience. <laughs> yeah. Even if you're depressed, the door can open. 
and people who have no idea about what we've been speaking of today can suffer depression, have the door open, have all these things happen to them in the same way. Yeah. I have. I've seen the dark cloud, the proverbial dark cloud many years ago, more than 10 years ago. I've mentioned that before on the show. And I've seen all sorts of things as a result of my emotions and they get attracted to the negative energy that you put out and you don't even realize what's going on and you get terrified by it. And sometimes that's your first experience encounter with the supernatural. But so if you focus on love and compassion uh, in the spiritual realm, that is certainly the way to open the doorways to higher self and to your higher power. And that's certainly something that is worthwhile, worthwhile doing. Yeah, well, the, the love and compassion is for your vibration and protection. But to actually open the door, you need to feel your way in your mind to find it and then practice it. It's very it's certainly better. Yeah, I mean, I do recommend meditation. Is Meditation is a good, even mindfulness meditation or guided meditations are a good start to opening your mind up to the possibilities in your psychic development because that way it's a little more structured and a little more focused and, you know, just going wildly into things that you don't understand yeah. and, and getting scared by it or harmed by it. So It's part of the course, isn't it? When you did your course, you did meditation as part of it, didn't you? you yeah, I started, doing medit- I started doing meditation on my own, and I also took a mindfulness course, and I took a hypnosis. I took a lot of hypnosis training, and, and that was a good way to start. And then I got into the, the psychic development circles and, and with spiritualist churches, and that got a little more intense, and I started opening the door a lot more, and I didn't learn those defenses and those filters that are important like you're talking about by putting a golden bubble of light around you and being more aware of what's coming in and stuff but the meditation helps you explore your own mind and your own self so that you get to know your own thoughts and feelings first so you know yourself on a deeper level before you invite other things in or that there might already be things in there so you get to sort those out and get rid of them so the meditation is really helpful that way yeah, 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 wonderful. Yeah, oh, really interesting topic. Really, yes. really interesting and important. And certainly, a lot of people that have had, you know, accidents, you know, ha- have really been catapulted into a mm. higher ascension. Not that we wish to have accidents, but mm. you know, sometimes when these things happen, they can certainly make a huge breakthrough. But Life's you don't, changing. you don't need an accident for it to happen. Might not be as profound, but mm. there's certainly things we could do to to help us in become more spiritual, more aware. So thank you very much, Jackie, for, for talking to us. Um, really interesting to hear about your experiences. This is Dr. Lana Love. And it's Detective David Love. From Universal Soul Love. Thank um, you for being with us. And we're going to say goodbye now and catch you next week. Hi, Jackie. Thank you for being bye. on the show. Thank you. Bye. 